Hey everybody, Graham Brown here. Welcome to my podcast, The Storytelling Organization. Let's start with a story. So in his book, The Starfish and the Spider, Rod Beckstrom, the author, encounters a group of French tech executives in the early days of the internet. He explains to them how the internet works. He explains to them the concept of the internet. And after much scratching of their heads, they turn around to him and say, so who is the president of this internet? And really, that's the journey that we're going to take today, is understanding that the internet organizations, teams, ecosystems are often highly effective, yet decentralized communication platforms. So the internet itself is out there and it exists without a president, without a human authority, yet it's so essential to business and it's essential to everything that we do. It's essential to this, me talking to you now is all thanks to the internet. There isn't a CEO of the internet controlling this. So how is that possible? And how does that affect how we should be communicating today? And that is the essence of digital transformation. A lot of people talk about digital transformation. They talk about it as a technology, but it isn't. Digital transformation is about people. Let me explain. Look at the word itself, transform. Trans means to change and form means shape. So digital transformation is the changing shape of business caused by digital technology. So the digital transformation of communication is the changing shape of communication caused by digital technology. Technology such as what's touching you and me right now, the internet. And this is the difference. What this journey, what this podcast is about. The storytelling organization is about not just doing digital, but being digital. Back in those early days when Beckstrom was talking to the French tech executives, I was also working in the internet. In 1998, I started a business selling websites. In those days, you could pick up a phone, make 100 calls a day. Maybe you're lucky and get through to five people. But then you could go and pitch them the idea of having a website. And in those days, it worked. Now, the websites back then were a little bit different. There are only, in 1998, 5 million websites in the world. If you look at most websites and the websites that we sold to these companies, they were very simple. Often I would pitch them a grand idea. Maybe they could sell things on their website, but most people were very much okay with the idea of you taking their brochure, scanning that brochure, and then uploading the images to the website. And that was called brochureware. And in those days, companies would pay thousands for those kind of things. But it was a different world. In 1998, most people searched on the internet for store opening hours. If you wanted to know about a company or a store, that was the most trafficked search terms. Because back then, it was so much easier 
as it is today to go to the website, look up the address and the store opening hours than it was to pick up the phone, phone the switchboard and get through to a person who may not work at the store, may be busy, may not have the information. So what were websites back in 1998? As they are today, they are more effective human communication interfaces than the alternatives that came before them. The website was more effective than picking up the phone, but it's still human speaking to humans. Today, there are 5 million podcasts in the world, the same amount of websites as they were in 1998. But people aren't searching for simple things like store opening hours anymore. Audiences today are far more demanding and complex. They want to know, what are your views on diversity? What are you doing about climate change? And who are the humans inside your organization? These matter. These matter to customers. These matter to potential hires. These matter to investors. These matter to your whole ecosystem, the community of people around you. Today, there are 1.7 billion websites in the world. So the question is, if we look at the trajectory of websites, could podcasts do the same? Now, it really depends on the paradigm, the lens through which you view websites, podcasts, and communication. If you view podcasts through the old-fashioned one-to-many model, then it's impossible. There surely aren't 1.7 billion brands, companies in the world. However, look at it a different way if you look at it through the many-to-many -many model of communication. Things start to get a little bit interesting. Think about it now. If you were to go on Apple or Spotify and look up a management consultancy, a tech brand, a financial services institution, what you'll probably find is it's not one brand, one podcast, but increasingly one brand, many podcasts. What you find is that within one brand, there are many teams, practices, projects, geographies, departments even. Each is taking the podcast as a platform to communicate in a more authentic way. And if we accept now that the official brand story is just one bird in the tree, then it's highly likely that we're heading towards a future where 1.7 billion is not impossible. You see, websites are to businesses what podcasts are to business leaders. If you see it through that paradigm, then 5 million podcasts today, you ain't seen nothing yet. So let's talk about people and let's talk about brands. Let's have a look at LinkedIn, for example, and Microsoft. The fan page on LinkedIn has over 14 million followers, and yet some of its most recent likes are countable on one hand. Seriously, three likes, four likes, five likes, 14 million followers. Is there a problem with Microsoft? No. 
Satya Nadella, the CEO of Microsoft, his posts on LinkedIn get 4,000, 5,000 likes, some of the most popular posts consistently on LinkedIn. So what's going on? And what's going on particularly about the effectiveness of how brands and people communicate with people? Well, the reality is today that brands, logos, big idea advertising as we once knew it, they mean much less today than the experience we as consumers, we as potential hires, we as investors or people within the ecosystem have of the brand through that brand's own people. People are the brand. So what makes more sense? An official brand story told through an actor or a hired influencer? That's how we've been doing it for 70 years. Do we believe anymore? Do we find those people authentic? Or do we believe an official brand story that's told through its people in its own unique, authentic, and human way? You see, the key here is how do we use podcasts and digital communication, the tools, the technology, to influence and connect the people around us? It's all about the difference between doing digital and being digital. See, the answer lies not in giving your brand a voice, which seems to be a very common answer to how could I use a podcast? Your brand has a voice. It's had a voice for years. It's been advertising, press releases, events. It has a voice. But people aren't necessarily listening to that voice anymore. Don't give your brand a voice. Give your people a voice. This is the storytelling organization. And it's a journey that doesn't start with the advent of podcasts. It goes back. You know, you've got to go way back to understand that how we as brands and organizations have been communicating with our audiences for decades. In the old days, there was, for those of you old enough, the Pepsi generation. You know, Pepsi at one time spent seven and a half million dollars on one advert, which was aired on MTV starring Madonna. That was a 30 second advert. Now, obviously, Pepsi didn't employ Madonna. She didn't work for Pepsi. MTV didn't work for Pepsi. But we believed and that's the difference today, because back then, the fact that Pepsi could afford to hire Madonna for 30 seconds and spend seven and a half million dollars on it was social proof, because it said to us as consumers that, hey, we've got a lot of money to spend on celebrities like Madonna. So that is because people like you are buying and drinking Pepsi. That is social proof. And for most of us, that was enough to reassure us that drinking Pepsi and not the other cola was the right choice. Now, Pepsi obviously could afford this because it had economies of scale. Pepsi is very efficient as an organization. 
It has factory processes. It has global distribution. It understands its unit economics very well. But today, in the 21st century, we've reached peak efficiency. There are no more gains to being just a little bit more efficient. Leave that to the machines. Leave that to the AI. Leave that to the algorithms. The economics of social proof have changed with that. Just because it's seen on TV doesn't mean that it's for me. That's changed. You don't see people saying, as seen on TV anymore, do you? Because if it's on YouTube or on a podcast, that's enough social proof for the right people. And that's how you find your tribe. How I find my tribe, like most people like you, is someone somewhere plants a flag about something that matters to me or you, creates a conversation that people care about and people rally around. That's what a podcast is. It's not content. It's a connection. You know what? The total addressable market for tools that connect us is about 8 billion people. So in these tribes, in these identity communities, people like me listen to podcasts like these. The landscape has changed from brands that earn social proof because of economies of efficiency to brands that earn social proof through economies of authenticity. After peak efficiency, the age of authenticity. I see a future where the future brand is not one monolithic official story. We have to embrace the unofficial. We have to empower those narratives. I don't see a brand being effective as a tightly controlled pipeline of information, but a platform to curate conversations within a community. 1.7 billion podcasts, maybe in a many-to-many world where organizations are platforms, not pipelines. They adopt not just the shape, but the mindset of what it means to be digital, where organizations encourage a diversity of voice, where they accept that there are multiple narratives that don't conflict with the official story that actually add to it, enhance it, give people a different interpretation of it that are relevant to a different tribe of people. And each of these organizations unlock their own human potential. And that is what this podcast is about, a journey into the world of the storytelling organization, the digital transformation of communication. How are leading brands and organizations embracing the new shape of business communication brought about by digital technology? And all this time, we've adopted this traditional mindset, new media, but business as usual. All this time, we've been chasing influences outside the organization, actors, creative directors, influencers when the most important people are the people 
the influencers inside the four walls of our organization. And that's the difference between doing digital and being digital. So let's break down those walls and give our people a voice.